Did you hear what they said about me? Whore. Prostitute. I know what you people think about me. I don't belong here. I see you all whispering behind your hands. You never said anything good about me before I left him. You're like a bunch of snakes. Let me let you in on a little secret. Ready, folks? Nothing, I mean nothing good, ever happened after the words, Hear, O Israel, the word of the Lord. Yeah, I married a prophet. Or technically, he married me since I don't really have occasion to meet many men of God in my line of work. But he brought me here. And you never accepted me. You think it's up to you to decide who can come in and who can stay out. And you whisper and you gossip. And here it is. I left him. It is not easy being married to a prophet. It is no piece of cake. For one thing, he's distracted. He's, he's always talking to somebody else. He never listens to me. He's got all these names for his God. Hosea calls him God of the angel armies. Do you know what my secret name is? I call him Smiter-in-Chief. It seems like his God is always thinking up ever more awful ways to off his people. It's depressing to be around. And I, I don't even know what he's talking about half the time. It's like this stream of consciousness. We'll go downtown and he'll pass the bakery and say, oh, oh, the bread. Israel, the word of the Lord is the bread and Israel is a hot oven and the hot oven is going to burn up the bread and it's just crazy talk. Or he'll look up at the sky and the birds, the birds of the children of Israel and the word is a snare and it's going to snare the birds out of the sky. And the locust. <laughs> Don't even start me talking about the locusts. It's like this extended metaphor or something between Hosea and his God. The gobbling locust, the chewing locust, the flying, eating, consuming locust. He turns into a babbling idiot. The locusts are coming. The locusts are coming. And he said that the, uh, the sun was going to turn red and the moon would go dark. The skies would turn black. Oh, yeah, he said all of that. It's just too depressing to be under this cloud of doom and smiting and judgment all the time. Judah, Judah's going to be eaten by bears. Yeah, unless they succumb to the incurable pus-filled sores first. Gilead, going to be a stinking pile of garbage. Ephraim, you better watch out. God's tornado is on its way. And Samaria, you know what he said about Samaria. Babies' heads dashed on rocks. What kind of God is that?
and Israel. Always Israel. On the one hand, I love Israel, and on the other, Israel will be killed by coyotes and their bones will be picked by crows. Fire from heaven, doom at your doorstep. One hand to give and the other hand to take away. Hosea speaks for God. It's almost like he's bipolar. I rescued you from Egypt and I handed you over to the Ammonites. One hand holds a bloody sword and the other a bandage. One hand to slap and the other to caress. But he talks about mercy too. Like all this wrath is going to get turned around somehow and Israel is going to come back to God? Not likely. If Israel were so bad and so unfaithful, then any kind of reasonable God would have given up a long time ago and moved on to someone better. When I finally got pregnant, I thought maybe you people would start to respect me. Finally, I had a family, a, a properly married woman, even if to kind of a nutty prophet, and we were going to start our family, and finally I would know what it felt like to feel accepted and forgiven and loved. That didn't last very long. I should have known better than to trust that kind of love. When our son was born, in stumps Hosea, and do you know what he says? He says, his name is Jezreel, because God will punish the children of Israel. Jezreel. You know what that is, right? Do you remember that place where Hosea's people massacred thousands of innocents? And he wants to name our child after that blood-soaked valley. Can you imagine naming your child Sodom or your daughter Auschwitz? Not going to get a lot of monogrammed gifts at the baby shower. And he has to live with this name for the rest of his life. Then, then we had a daughter, and I thought maybe I would get to name her. I was thinking Hannah, or maybe Avi. That's pretty, right? Avi. But no. Hosea and his God had another plan in mind. He took one look in the face of my beautiful, perfect innocent newborn with her dark hair and her rosebud lips and he called her Loruhla. No mercy. Unloved. 
Whatever happened to God speaking out of a burning bush or from a tower of fire or from a cloud-topped mountain, what kind of God is making my children bear his words like wounds? Are we just puppets here in some sort of theatrics between an angry God and his people? Did Hosea just bring me here to be embarrassed? And the, the, third, the third was the straw. He named our son Lo-Ami, not my people, nobody. That confirms everything you all thought, not my people, as if anyone doubted that Hosea was this child's father, but nobody? Talk about an inferiority complex. How does that even work? Nobody, time for lunch. Children, who made this mess in here? Nobody. What kind of God is this? This is the least efficient way any deity has communicated with his people. One word every nine months or so, one angry word of judgment that my children have to bear. That was it. What would he name our next child? Plague? Dung heap? I had to go. I wish, I wish I could see it. Hosea is so sure. He is so confident that all this turns around and that one day justice is going to flow down like waters. Blood and sorrow mingle down and redemption is nigh. I wish I could believe it, but I can't see it. I've tried, and I can't see it. All I can see is today, and these three miserable children with their miserable names and their miserable lives ahead of them, at least until they're eaten by locusts or death by tornado. So I came back here to the temple of Baal. I know what you think, but at least here I know my place. At least here, it's a transaction. Here, men of power come and they grab whatever they want. It's not a pretty place. It's not safe. But at least here, my patrons give me oil and wine, some grain and some bread. And at least here, I'm free from that dark repentance talk and the cloud of smiting and free from having any more children with terrible names. I do wonder sometimes, though, late at night, when I'm finally alone, I wonder, did he ever really love me? Could his words 
really be trusted? Was his God going to keep those promises? But it's too late for all that now. There's enough of that sappy talk. I made my decision, and there's clearly no going back now. I made my bed, and now I get to lay in it, and lay in it, and lay in it. Yes, yes, I'm ready. Come in. You, you're not my customer, boy. He said, he said, he wants me back. He said, what? Listen, did you hear that? Hear, oh, you priests, listen, you kings. After all my filth and sin, what wondrous love is this? Hear, O Israel, the word of the Lord. What wondrous love is this?